It's your girl, Marisa, and you are listening to the Heard That with Marisa Tigney podcast. What's up, Heard That Nation? Y'all have asked, and you've asked, and you've asked, and it's finally open. The Heard That With Marisa online store at heardthatwithmarisa.com. I got the merch. Finally happened. Swaggy tees, amazing hats, other kinds of different merchandise that I got on there. Check it out today. Thank you for supporting your girl. Uh, Fill up a shopping bag with all kinds of stuff. Give away as gifts or keep it for yourself. All kinds of amazing swag and merchandise. Check it out today. Heard that with Marisa.com. I appreciate your support. One of the amazing things that I love to do with my time, I love working out and serving in the community. And through that time, I have met some amazing people and I have met some extraordinary kids. And the one thing, believe it or not, that kids love and ask for is books. Because many of them I found that they, they absolutely love reading, which is absolutely incredible. Um, I am so proud that I've met an incredible man uh, by the name of Trevor Romaine, and he is an author. He's an illustrator that has the most amazing, amazing literature for kids and for educators and for teachers, as well as parents. You have to check out his books. You have to check out his digital downloads. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan of it. If you go to TrevorRomain.com, uh, T-R-E-V-O-R-R-O-M-A-I-N, no E at the end.com. Check out all of his materials that he has, all his books, all his literature and digital downloads. You can save 15%. All heard that listeners. If you check it out, save 15% at the end of your checkout. Use the code heard that H-E-A-R-D-T-H-A-T and save 15%. You, I'm telling you what, it is some of the best materials out there that can help children and families become happier, healthier, and more confident. So use the code heard that save 15% off at trevorromaine.com today. What's up, Heard That Nation listening in the United States and around the world. You are now listening to the Heard That with Marisa Tigney podcast. It's good to be back. I've been uh, on a little virtual tour. I've been on uh, several other, other platforms, other shows, and it has been the ultimate blast. And all during that time, we had a lot of sports going on in February with the Winter Olympics. And let me see what else. We had the NBA All-Star Weekend. We had uh, a lot of still a lot of college hoops going on. NHL, they had their All-Star Weekend and everything else and all intertwined and all that. But uh, you know your girls got to talk about what the hottest uh, topics that's been going on, especially on Twitter and Facebook, and it happened just a couple of days ago. So I'm going to get into the whole Michigan-Wisconsin melee that happened at the end of the game. I'm going to give a little bit of a thoughts of the All-Star uh, NBA All-Star break, as well as uh, my thoughts on uh, a couple of things from the Winter Olympics, which I don't think a lot of people did uh, watch. I didn't see a whole lot of um, tweets and posts going on as far as the Winter Olympics. But I watched as much as I could in between my schedule and my work schedule and everything else. So, But last night, I was able to uh, jump on IG Live. I rarely jump on Instagram Live and, and, and do any kind of videos. And I, I think after the conversation that I had with three amazing, amazing people, I, I, I will start doing those more often. Um, uh, everybody's still talking about it. The 
uh, melee that happened at the end of the Wisconsin-Michigan game. Um, and it was during the handshake. Uh, Wisconsin pretty much was, was winning the game. I mean, they, they've got a strong uh, presence of, of the front, front five, uh, a couple of their, their forward and uh, their, their shooting guard, um, and people that uh, were very critical of Brad Davison being a dirty player, basically, um, you know, kind of a way like a little cock block uh, cheap shot that he did on Hunter Dickinson, I believe, in the second half. Uh, that was not called for a foul. But anyway, uh, they, they have a really good squad. And at the end of the game, it came up to be handshakes. Now, before that, many people had saw that um, Coach Guard, who is the head coach of Wisconsin, called the timeout. 55 seconds, I believe, left in, in the game. Uh, it was pretty much going to be a done, done deal anyway. It didn't matter um, with, the, with the rest of the game. And, you know, Wisconsin went away to, to win it. Didn't matter. So at the end of the game, they're going to shaking hands, everything else. And so when it got to Jawan Howard, Coach Howard of Michigan, it looked like in the video, if you watch the video, which I've had many people watch, analyze, reanalyze, give their thoughts about, you know, both sides of the, of, of the, of the field. And had said that uh, when, when I was watching it, Coach Howard was trying to walk past um, Coach Greg Gard grabbed him on his wrist, and then to many people in their in their versions of it, I couldn't hear it from the video, but those that were there had said that Coach Howard had looked at him and said, I will remember that, and then it, it pursued from there from Coach Gard uh, having his hand on his wrist, pulling Jawan, uh, Coach Howard back to where Coach Howard is grabbing onto uh, Coach Gard's um, uniform, and, and then his finger in his face, and then just all kinds of chaos pursued to the point where, um, here's the thing that was a tricky version of it, is that it was said that one of the assistants had uh, grabbed one of the Michigan players and it caused for Coach Howard to react and strike that assistant upside his head with an open punch. Um, that is wrong in, in, in any guard, regard to the word. And any people that you all that have listened to my show know that I'm a Michigan fan. I will not support any of that tolerance whatsoever. I mean, he was in the wrong whatsoever, everything else. Both men, according to his video, in my opinion, and I, like I said, I will go back to this roundtable discussion that I had mo uh, in a moment. They were both in the wrong uh, when it came to it because you are the head coach, you are the, the representation of your team, and you are the leader of your team. We all know, and, and Coach Howard has said it many times, you know, he's from, that, uh, the, from Chicago, that kid that was, uh, you know, born and raised to defend himself and everything else. We have seen uh, in a previous incident where nothing was, uh, no punches or anything else like that there, even though people want to kind of analyze it, which they did on social media. It was kind of ridiculous how they were doing it, some of them, where him and uh, the former coach of Maryland, uh, coach Turgeon did not like each other whatsoever. Coach Turgeon is no longer there with the program and had left, um, I want to say, beginning of season or mid-season, one to two with the Maryland Terrapins. And uh, words were exchanged and everything else to where uh, Coach Howard got a technical foul and left. Now, back to this situation, it, it, it escalated. He did strike an assistant, everything else. They had to separate the players. Um, it, was, it, it, it was a mess. Now, what I don't like is the following things uh, about that. And like I said, I will go to the round table discussion that I had with three incredible people. And I believe that we're going to make a, the, the video is up on my wall on Instagram. If you go at lovely, Mar uh, not lovely Marisa T, that's my Twitter. If you go at Marisa Tigney podcast and check out the video of the three guests that I had, Monty Moss, John Copeland, and coach uh, Sheed, they gave their perspectives as black men, as coaches, one being a, a father of an athlete, gave really great insight uh, of how they would have felt. And one of them, Coach Sheed, knows Jawan Howard personally. So he gave his uh, great insight as far as that, and I want everybody to take a look. Um, if you get a chance to, go on, on my Instagram page, Marisa Tigney Podcast, and check that out. Um, my my thoughts, not thought process about that, so obviously everybody knows uh, – Coach Guard only got a $10,000 fine. None of his assistants was suspended. I believe they had one uh, player that was suspended. Uh, Michigan had two players that were suspended one game, as well as the Wisconsin uh, player one game. 
uh, one being Musa Diabite uh, got one game. Jawan Howard got the stiffer penalty, uh, five game suspension, which is the last five games of the regular season. So therefore, hit the rest of his season is done and a forty thousand uh, dollar fine to 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 boot to all of that. Um, here's the thing that that, that I, I took away from that. It was unfortunate. Um, it, it, it shouldn't have happened. Um, I do not like that you had, you know, high-profile media people uh, such such as Jay Billis to compare that to the malice at the palace, sir. No, not even close. Was there? Saw it happen uh, right there in my own backyard when I lived in Michigan at the time. It, that that's not even close. Um, you had a fan that interfered with that, and a player, Ron Artest, or whatever he goes by now, go up in the stands, and everybody knows that happened. And you know, with the whole shoving and pushing before all of that happened between that happened uh, between uh, Ben Wallace and Ron Artest, Jermaine O'Neal, and all that stuff. And there was a whole documentary that came out about it and everything else and all that. So whatever side you want to believe, as far as that is concerned, that happened many years ago. Uh, you know, you're, you're, you're entitled to your opinion, just as well as people are entitled to, your, entitled to their opinion as far as this. Um, the, the one thing that I, I the several things I will say about this and the thoughts that I have about it. One, you know, like I said, it shouldn't have happened. Two, um, the pettiness of the response from Wisconsin that sent out their, their statement uh, in regards to the sorry. And the sorry's already came from Juwan Howard, um, whether he wrote it or said it or anything else, because I know that he was fired up and he was mostly fired up at the end. You can see the press conference. You can pull it up and see it on um, the, the, the Michigan page and other YouTube chant networks and everything else. In social media, you can see his response. You can see uh, Greg Gard's response and everything else. Um, from the outside looking in, uh, Wisconsin got off very light. Yeah, and I'm sorry that I said it, but I'm not sorry that I said it. Uh, I believe Greg Gard for putting his hands on a man and, and Wisconsin players and, and, and fans can say whatever they want and say that Greg Gard, quote unquote, manhandled Jawan Howard. I mean, come on. That is being outlandish and out of the box and, and absolutely ridiculous um, uh, of how all of that saying. When you had a six foot, 11 inch man trying to walk past, I'll say about Greg Gard, what is he, five, eight, five, nine, five, five, nine ish? walking past and he's grabbing him on his wrist. It's not the elbow when people want to make a comical scene and make it be funny and facetious and everything else. Again, I'm not defending the actions. I'm not defending the actions because neither one of them, it's sad that both of them had to react the way they reacted as leaders, again, of their, of their, of their teams. He grabbed a wrist, gets $10,000 fine to Wisconsin. Director of athletics goes and says, it's not a Greg Gard fine. It's a Wisconsin fine and we're going to pick up the tab pretty much. None of the assistants that were involved that put their hands on players on the Wisconsin side got any kind of penalty whatsoever. None. Okay. Uh, we all knew this going in and it was, it was amazing to me how many comments, especially from Michigan fans that said that he need that Jawan Howard needed to be fired. He wasn't going to be fired. Okay. <laughs> the, the, the angle of it and everything else again, um, when you look at this videotape and him it, at one point, it looked like he, whatever was said, and that's the mystery of it all, whatever was said to him that made him go off like that from one of the assistants, uh, I, don't, I don't know what it was, I don't know exactly what was said. It has not been released what was said. It has also been said that one of the assistants had grabbed one of the Michigan players. Um, you know, from, from there, whatever, however that escalated, it's still a mystery to it. Um, Ward Manual, which he's catching a lot of heat and a lot of opinions from uh, people after his uh, uh, statement that he had had released, he had said, in the Big Ten Conference, coaches and student athletes are expected to display the highest level of sportsmanship conduct. Um, and, and, and then Kevin Warren had said, I am grateful for the partnership with Michigan Athletics Director Ward Manuel and Wisconsin Athletics Director Chris McIntosh. Chris McIntosh had set out a petty statement, like I said, uh, that was uncalled for, uh, and, and I'm gonna I'm looking that up while I'm talking, and whether it was it was truly by him or or not, uh, you know you can be the judge of it. It looked like it did come from them, uh, in, in in his words. But 
just let me know the level of pettiness when it comes to this. So like I said, you know, Ward Manuel released this statement. Chris McIntosh, director of Athletics for Wisconsin, released this. He says, we have received and read the rulings of the Big Ten handed down in regard to the incident that occurred at the Cole Center on Sunday. Needless to say, there is no place in college athletics for what happened at the end of Sunday's game. Neither Coast Guard or his staff had any intent to provoke or incite any of what took place. So Chris McIntosh must have watched this with his eyes shut. Anyways, I want to commend those on our staff, our student athletes, who were trying to de-escalate the situation. They did it, Chris. Uh, our, staff had my, our staff has my complete support, as do our student athletes. And this was the part that really got me right here. I consider this $10,000 fine from the Big Ten to be a Wisconsin fine and not a Greg Gard fine. Wisconsin athletics will assume responsibility for paying the fine. Again, I don't know which part of this that he was watching. And, you know, Wisconsin fans, you know, they, they're just enjoying and relishing in the glorification of this and, and, and siding with all things of Chris McIntosh and Greg Gard and all these players and everything else. Again, I will say this, and I will continue to say this, both sides of the teams were in the wrong. The bigger penalty, unfortunately, went to Jawan Howard for his action and his contact against Coach Kravenkoft. Uh, that shouldn't have been. And he got, the, he got the stiffer penalty. Now Phil Martelli, who was an assistant on the Michigan basketball team, takes over. And their, their, their road um, is not easy. Um, what they have left is, is not easy. Now... The games, I'm, pull, I'm pulling up the games as I speak, too. You, you, again, you had everybody that weighed in their sides of all that transpired from current coaches like Tom Izzo, who said, you know, um, that they both, you know, were ridiculous. And, of course, you know, most of it still being with Juwan and him being a newer and a first-time head coach. Uh, that angle, people were looking at that saying, you know, he's – immature he's you know going back to his fat five days and everything else this man and, and this is the part also too that i want to bring up this man's family which people have been really out of bounds with uh going after his family and attacking them and attacking and calling them all kinds of names and derogatory names and y'all know what kind of derogatory names i'm talking about and the ones behind the twitter fingers and the instagram fingers and those that have the uh their photos up there their avies up there that don't have their real images but they will spew hate and drop N-words and all that kind of stuff towards this man, call him all kinds of stuff, which I'm sure that he's, he's heard throughout his whole entire 48, 49 years on this planet, okay? Uh, uncalled for. Uncalled for uh, towards his wife, towards his sons, one of them still in high school, deciding to come and, and play on, on Michigan and play for his father, one that's currently on there, Jace Howard, playing for his father right now. Um, that is uncalled for, and that, that crosses the line. And people need to take a look and reflect at themselves. Sometimes in the game of, of, of sports, it doesn't matter if it's hockey, basketball, baseball, uh, volleyball, softball, uh, competitive sports. You're an athlete. If you know that if you have that competitive drive, um, it's great to have that so you can uh, do and, and perform the best that you can. However, there's a line you don't cross. Okay, and then it, it is it is imperative and is and it's important that we need to check ourselves, especially as fans, as 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 people that are watching our favorite teams, and the whole well, I would do this or I would suspend him or I would fire him and I would okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're not in charge, we're not in charge of of, of what is going on, we're not in charge of what is happening, and we're not in charge of the ruling that took place. Okay. Uh, both statements from the, uh, the athletic directors, the commissioners, the NCAA, both coaches made their side of the story, their opinions, all the other stuff. Basically, uh, the, the heat and the smoke fell upon Michigan, and it fell upon Coach Howard. Um, Coach Guard basically slap on the wrist, and we discussed that last night with the roundtable that I had of the guests that I had on Instagram um, I had uh, three amazing people, like I said, Monty Moss, John Copeland, and Coach Sheed, and you need to check that out. I think that what I'll do is I'll also make it available on my YouTube channel so that you can see 
the opinions from, from three people, three black people, two of them being fathers, one being a father and a coach, and one knowing Jawan Howard very well and his family very, very well. Um, I definitely want you all to check that out. It was a last-minute thing that we decided to do because we were messaging each other in a discussion on Facebook. And I'm like, well, just let's just go on Instagram. Let's just talk about it. And let's just, just air this out on the table of our thoughts and everything else. Uh, powerful discussion about race, powerful discussion in regards to race about opportunities for black coaches in the NCAA and the NFL. Because I had said, I believe on a previous show that Jawan Howard is one of two black coaches in uh, the Big Ten, uh, with Mike Woodson being the other one for Indiana. So uh, we had talked about that and how um, they had shared their strong opinions of how when a, a black coach uh, that's been an assistant and has this spotlight put on them that the lights are kind of brighter, but the target is bigger uh, because of the fact of there is zero, you know, little to zero margin for any kind of error uh, for that. So I definitely know that uh, Coach Howard is going to come back from this a whole different person. Um, but I think the target on him has just deeply gotten bigger uh, from all sides when you hear the boosters and the alumni and everything else is saying fire him and his character is this and everything else. But amazing to me, the same time, the same people were the ones singing his praises last year when Michigan went on this incredible run, won the Big Ten um, championship outright, and you went on this incredible run in the 68 tournament only to get stopped by in a, in a very talented UCLA team. And then this year, completely different, 14-11. And we sit 8-7 and seven right now on the bubble. So, you know, it, it's, it's unfortunate that this had to come down to where someone's character and how they are and how they are not in the spotlight you know, we saw all of that happen and everything else. And so the media is pretty much just running with this, you know, saying what's next for Jawan Howard? What should Michigan do? What should the program do? What should do? And they should win. They need to win their next five games. Wednesday, they are at home against Rutgers. Um, then Sunday, they have Illinois. And then the last three games are, are hosting Michigan State, hosting Iowa, and then at Ohio State on the 6th of March. And then it goes right into the Big Ten tournament. So... Um, needless to say, Phil Martelli is the man now and he's the coach now and, uh, he needs to regroup this, uh, guy or these group of guys and, uh, they need to make a statement on Wednesday and they need to win against Rutgers at home. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see if they, uh, make the tournament and everything else. And we'll see what's next for, you know, coach Howard when he comes back for the big 10 tournament, um, you know, I mean, that is that is going to be huge, and he definitely needs to make a statement for sure. Don't you go anywhere. The Heard That with Marisa Tigney podcast will be right back after a brief pause to hear from our sponsor. One of the amazing things that I love to do with my time, I love working out and serving in the community. And through that time, I have met some amazing people, and I have met some extraordinary kids. And the one thing, believe it or not, that kids love and ask for is books, because many of them I found that they, they absolutely love reading, which is absolutely incredible. Um, I am so proud that I've met an incredible man uh, by the name of Trevor Romaine, and he is an author. He's an illustrator that has the most amazing, amazing literature for kids and for educators and for teachers, as well as parents. You have to check out his books. You have to check out his digital downloads. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan of it. If you go to trevorromain.com, uh, T-R-E-V-O-R-R-O-M-A-I-N, no E at the end.com, check out all of his materials that he has, all his books, all his literature and digital downloads. You can save 15%. All heard that listeners. If you check it out, save 15% at the end of your checkout. Use the code heard that, H-E-A-R-D-T-H-A-T, and save 15%. You, I'm telling you what, it is some of the best materials out there that can help children and families become happier, healthier, and more confident. So use the code HEARDTHAT. Save 15% off at trevorromaine.com today. And welcome back to the Heard That with Marisa Tigney podcast. 
ladies and gentlemen, when it comes to that in the situations of, of people, and especially when it comes boils down to race and, and the person that's representing their, themselves and who they are, let's, let's show some class. Let's, let's be better than that. Uh, all, side, all sides. It doesn't matter if you're a Michigan fan, a Wisconsin fan, Michigan State fan. Uh, there's, a, there's a certain level of character that you have to you have to have, um, and, and we have to we have to do that. We have to do that. Uh, social media is ablaze over this whole entire thing, and it will be for a while. Uh, and and like I said, people have the right to opinions. That's why this whole entire show, this platform, I invite fans on. People have messaged me. They have sent me their opinions and everything else. And you know, all I ask is, you know, when you do that, heard that Marisa.com and I'm on Twitter as well at lovely Marisa T and on, uh, Instagram at Marisa Tigney podcast. All I ask is just, just be respectful. You know, I, I let the door, uh, uh, forum be open and, you know, people have their opinions and everything else like I did last night. So, um, it's, it's to be continued. We'll see how that goes and we'll see how that ends up. So this past weekend was the NBA all-star weekend. They honored 75 of the greatest players that was on that list. I am still salty and I will say this and my husband and I, when the 75 players did come out, I did speak about it on a previous uh, show a few months ago that Clay Thompson and Vince Carter were the top two on my list that were left off and they should have been on there. Um, for both of these gentlemen, for what they have done to the game, for Clay Thompson to finally be back and playing at a level that has been just, I mean, I, I've, I've seen as many games as I can with him in it, and he has three championships. Let's talk about that real quick. 33 years old, um, came back from two horrific knee injuries, and it just played lights out his game, the, the first game back. I believe he scored 15 points, but he just, I mean, just the, it's as, as if he's never left. And never had that injury and was just still in the game. Um, I believe he's playing with a couple chips on his shoulder. One, that he is coming back from two years. Two years. He missed two seasons uh, with an injury. And number two, to be missed completely as one of the top 75 players, the shooting is just, there is no, there is no Splash Brothers. I mean, Stephen Curry was in the top 75. There is no Splash Brothers without Klay Thompson in there. And how he is completely missing, how he's disregarded, and three titles, three titles, three championships. How he's not on the, in there, I don't even know. And then we got Vince Carter, who basically is, is one of the epitome of slam dunkers of all time. Um, played in his 40s, until his 40s, and just recently retired. Uh, during the slam dunk contest, which, my God. We, we had a big discussion about that, too, but we'll get there in a second. Many of highlights that you will remember of Vince Carter involves the slam dunk contest, whether it be in the contest itself or during a game. When he, I mean, during the Olympics, when he dunked over a seven-foot man in the Olympics, the, 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 I don't understand how he was left off of this list and the incredible contributions that he made to the NBA, uh, those are my two. I know some people have thrown around Dwight Howard uh, as one of them. I don't know. I mean, you know, he, he could be, you know, but those were, the, those were my two uh, that was left off of that list. So they honored the, the 75. Um, they did, changed up the format in some of the, um, the Rising Star, the Clorox, it was sponsored by Clorox, but the Rising Stars Challenge, they changed up the format as far as that. It made it to be similar to the big three format where they had the teams go up to 50 and then they did some kind of challenge. And then they kind of did like uh, uh, the teams that scored up to 50 would play the next group of teams. So it was like four coaches. I think it was uh, Isaiah Thomas had a team. Rick Barry had a team. Gary Payton had a team. Uh, and I think it was Coach um, – was I don't know if it was Julius Irvin or Coach Gurman, one of the two – because uh, I was trying to catch uh, portions of it because I was in uh, multiple TVs and all that going on at the same time. Um, so they had their teams uh, play whoever got scored up to 50. That team would play the next team that scored up to 50. And then there was a champion, um, and I believe it was Team Barry's team that won. And my boy Cade Cuttingham from Detroit Basketball uh, was MVP. Uh, then you had the three-point shootout, which Carl Anthony Towns won that over Trey Young and Luke Kennard. And then we had the most dismal, horrible, horrific three-point, I'm sorry, dunk con slam dunk contest of all time. 
I don't know about you all, but we haven't had a really great slam dunk contest, contest since 2016. And y'all know, and if you have watched it, that was the epitome of the, I don't know. It was, I don't know if we should even eliminate the slam dunk contest because Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon put on a show that night. And I will say it, and I will continue to say that, Zach, uh, that Aaron Gordon got ripped off and he should have won it and he should have won it the next year. And that's why it's so sad that he will not compete in any more slam dunk contests because people that they don't know how to judge uh, truly. But I will say this, the highlight of the whole entire thing, the highlight of the whole entire thing is that they had judges that know what a slam dunk was. And it was NBA, foreign NBA, uh, uh, former NBA players that uh, judged the slam dunk contest, and they did it correctly to the point where they judged one of them. I want to say Jalen Green. They gave him sixes across the board, as they should have. If you want to waste uh, 30 minutes of your precious time and go watch the, I don't even want to say highlights. I mean, Obi Toppin did good. He ended up winning it. Uh, but each one of these guys missed over and over and over and over and over their dunks. And, and not to take away from, and I thought that Gary Payton, uh, Gary Payton's son, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Greg, Greg Anthony's son, not Gary Payton's son, Greg Anthony's son, Cole Anthony. Man, when he threw back on his daddy's uh, throwback jersey from the Knicks, he done took his gym shoes off and was putting on Tim's. I'm like, okay, what's he going to do? It's going to be something creative. He kept missing. And I'm like, you done did all this costume changing and you could just continue to miss? I mean, you know, it, it, was, it was an absolute low point of the evening. Here's the thing. And, and I, was, I was asking people the question online. I said, should they, get a, should they end the slam dunk contest? And many people were saying yes. I say change the order of it, because here's the thing. We can't continually hype up something that's been dismal since 2016. The last good dunk contest, again, was Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon, and they gave their all, and then the judges ruined it and said, well, they need to have a dunk off. No. Aaron Gordon won that with the, I mean, come on. I mean, y'all know, did he jump over a whole entire mascot that was spinning around uh, on a Segway? Come on. I mean, pull up, the, pull up the video. I mean, both of them just dunked their hearts out. Share the title or something. I mean, that should have been, but, you know, we haven't had that kind of hype since then. So knowing that we're all going to get let down, again, move the order of it to where, to me, the exciting part was the three-point challenge, the three-point contest. That was exciting. Uh, while we end it with that and try it with that, we keep getting let down of, of the hype. I mean, I can't even tell you who the last winners were from uh, the past several years because it was that dismal. It, 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 was, it, was, it, was, that, it was it was not that great um, of dunkers. So I know that the, the last one when uh, Aaron Gordon went in there again, I believe it was uh, Diallo that won and beat him, which I, I'm still scratching my head from that one because that shouldn't have been. Uh, so, but it is what it is. It was a great weekend. It was a great weekend honoring the 75 and, you know, just seeing the brotherhood there and people just, the, the former players and the current players during that halftime of the all-star game, uh, team LeBron won by three, uh, thoughts and prayers to Kevin Durant. I know that he had, uh, could not play because, uh, he had his, uh, grandmother that passed. So thoughts and prayers to the Durant family. Uh, it, it was it was awesome to see all of them on there and just you know getting photos with one another and catching up like they haven't seen each other and those that were former players talking to the current players. Um, I love you know some of the stuff that I remember too is that Jordan wanted to take on Magic Johnson one on one and square up. You know, you got sixty something year old man and a late fifties year old man. He wanted to square up and Jordan's face was serious like he was like, let's go out right now one on one. And Magic was laughing, and Jordan was like, nah, player, let's go right now. Uh, that, that was a highlight. I like that uh, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, and Kevin Garnett uh, got a photo with one another. Hopefully they squashed the beef. Uh, I don't know if they, you know, made them come together and everything else and just, you know, force a picture. Who knows? Whatever. It happened. Uh, I like that Ray Allen uh, talked to first-time uh, all-star John ja, ja Morant, uh, you know, talk about that he's been watching his game, been proud of him. So it was just a lot of... Uh, um, great 
connections and people reconnecting and everything else and, and talking with one another. And you had some of the players that were uh, there via video um, getting recognized. All of them were not there. And, you know, a few of them that had passed on uh, legends that, that we are no longer here that had passed on as well. You know, their families were representing. And then the biggest one of the night being obviously Kobe Bryant. Uh, you know, Vanessa was there and everything else and uh, representing her husband, which still, again, is a, is a shock to me that he's not here um, in that horrible day that has happened. And I know many have shared their stories where they were when they got the news about Kobe Bryant no longer being here. But his legacy will continue on and, and be so for a very long time. In between all of that happening was the Beijing Olympics. Um, United States won 25 medals. Uh, kind of on the low end, Norway once again dominated these Olympics. We have the Paralympics coming soon, uh, and I believe in a week or two or so. Um, it, it was, it was, United States, the, the favorites that went in there uh, fell short of, of meddling. We saw a legend of, of Sean White snowboarding. Uh, he fell short. He, fell, he went to fourth place, and then it was his fifth Olympics. He, uh, he called it a day. He retired at young 35. It's just where did the time go? I mean, you saw this guy, long red hair and everything else, just on his snowboard flying around, and then now he's 35 and calling it a day. Um, it, it, it's so amazing to see. I mean, we had black girl magic happen at, at these Olympics with uh, Aaron Jackson being the first woman, first black woman to win a speed skating gold medal. I mean, how historically amazing is that? You have to pull up and watch it. This is the same woman... Uh, that had her teammate give up her spot, uh, knowing that uh, Aaron Jackson is that good. During uh, Olympic trials, Aaron Jackson was uh, in it to win it and unfortunately skated over a block and went from first to third, and they only took the top two. And Brittany Bowe, her teammate, said, you know what, she's absolutely good. She's phenomenal. She deserves to be here. I'm giving up my spot. And Brittany Bowe even did skate. She ended up uh, getting a, a bronze medal in her event that she had. So... But that that was absolutely amazing. And then talk about the queen of of bobsledding, Alana Myers Taylor, 37 years old, uh, the most decorated black athlete now. She won a silver and a bronze. She won uh, a bronze in no, she won a silver in in, in the model bob along with Cal, uh, Kaylee Humphreys, who from um, she was originally Team Canada. Uh, she is uh, now Team United States. She won a gold medal. And then her and the other person that was in the uh, two-woman bobsled with her, also a woman of color, they both won a bronze medal uh, with Germany, I believe, taking gold and silver. So she is now the most decorated black athlete in these winter games and was inspired by the very first uh, black athlete to win a gold medal in the Winter Olympics, Vanetta Flowers, uh, so many years ago. So... That was absolutely incredible. And then you had the 24th anniversary of Tara Lipinski's gold medal that she won uh, in Nagano when she was 15 years old. And, and just re remembering, reflecting, and then shout out again to, to Nathan Chen, who won finally his gold medal um, from where he was four years ago to now he won a gold medal for the United States. And the United States won Team Silver with the ROC taking uh, gold in the team event. Speaking of the team event, of all of the stuff that happened, and I can go on and on about so many great things that happened in the Olympics. The one image that I cannot shake, and I, I'm going to write, and I wrote a blog about it on my website, heardthatwithmarisa.com, is the ROC skill, uh, skater Camilla Valle, uh, Vanny, uh, hopefully I'm not saying that, Camilla Valieva. Um, it, it was the team event. She hit a quad. I mean, it was never done in a, in a women's program. Absolutely phenomenal, talented skater. 24 hours later, come to find out in December, she had tested positive for an illegal uh, uh, drug that was in her, her system for heart medication. I believe that's what it was. And so you would think, okay, well, the courts and the IOC and, you know, all of this, you know, she cannot skate. She tested positive. How was this hidden from us? She shouldn't compete. It's not fair. She was able to compete. And so, you know, seeing past skaters um, talk about this and as well as uh, commentators, uh, Johnny Weir and Tara Lipinski talk about it. And I mean, it was just like dynamic from this girl hitting this quadruple jump to why in the world is she allowed to skate? 
what is going on and how did the courts allow this to happen? It, it, I mean, it, it was it was a damper over the ladies' program. It wasn't so much over the pairs, the, the ice dancing, and the men's. It was just a dark cloud over the ladies' program. And you got all of these women, all these young women that trained so hard uh, to get to this point. And when they get announced that they're joining a a they're they're respectable their 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 teams and uh represent their country i mean that's that's everything i i don't know nothing about that i've heard stories about that and talked to former olympians about how was it when you got announced you were on there I said oh it was the best best moments of my life to represent and even if i didn't walk away with a medal i'm forever known as an olympian and i believe tara lipinski had said that towards the uh, closing ceremony that you know at the end of the vol you are an, an olympian and so she was allowed to skate. And I have never, the many times that I have been able to watch any event, whether it be uh, the Summer Olympics or the Winter Olympics, have seen what happened after uh, an athlete that tested positive for uh, uh, an illegal, a uh, banned drug in their system. I've never seen the absolute breakdown of everything that happened. Um, it was one of the most shocking things that I've ever seen. This most sad, it was, it was sad. It was hurtful. Um, the outcome of it before all of this was, let me go back a little bit because again, the courts were deciding if she could skate or not. Um, and when the decision came that she could, uh, it was basically in a nutshell told, you know, for her mental health and for her well-being that she should be able to compete because if she does not, you know, you know, we're just concerned about her mental health and well-being. Two, again, like I said, many of the athletes that were in the sport of, of ice skating, men's, women's, pairs, doesn't matter, they were like, Why? Why, why is this happening? So you're saying that it doesn't matter if you have a banned drug or many drugs, come to find out there was not only one, but three, but the one stood out uh, of all of that, um, that they're allowed to skate. And I mean, the opinions went everywhere, folks. <laughs> it, it, it was absolutely everywhere. And so she was allowed to skate. She had two other people that were from um, her country, I believe Alexandra Trusova and Anna, Sher uh, Anna Sherikova. Uh, hopefully I'm saying those right. Uh, they were also part of uh, the, the top three. And they were so sure uh, that this was going to be a Russian sweep. Um, and then you had an amazing uh, a figure skater from Japan, um, Kiori Sakamoto, um, who ended up getting bronze, by the way. And so you got these ladies that already skated, put on a phenomenal skate. They were so good. Uh, Shibakoba was uh, in first. Trusova was in second. And you have uh, Sakamoto was in third with uh, Valieva that was going next. And I've never seen her fall in the program ever. And she stumbled so many times in this program. And it could have been the pressure of what happened and all that. But needless to say, as many of us saw that was watching, she went from first place and from the uh, free skate to fourth. So she did not medal and everything else. This, watching all of that transpired when she skated off the ice from her coach, scolding her about her, and, and shout out to Johnny Weir knowing Russian because obviously the, the, the microphones were all right there and you could hear the, the coach scold uh, Camilla Velieva and scold her about the jumps that she missed and you, 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 know, you usually hit those, what's going on and all this sort of stuff and everything else. And she's 15 years old and just crumbled like in tears and, you know, Johnny was, was right there just saying, you know, what the which coach was saying to her and everything else. And, you know, scores came in and she was devastated. And she, I mean, it felt like she sat in that kiss and cry area forever, forever just sitting there. And so they go behind the curtain and everything else. And she's just weeping. She's sobbing. She's like, I'm not going to watch this. I don't want to see this. I don't want to be here, you know, and all this other stuff. And then you have Trusova who landed five quads in her program. It was like, oh, well. I did enough to get the gold medal, 
but she ended up getting silver. And Johnny and Tara had said, you know, the quads were there. That was great. But the artistry was not. And the judges are looking for artistry and the, the technical because they go hand in hand. And that's what makes it. And that's what was so brilliant about them commentating to me is that they were breaking down, you know, the point differential, what you're going to get high marks on. If you miss a jump, if you fall, obviously, how many tents are getting taken off. So it was just like those that didn't understand figure skating, like, you know, I'll watch it as a fan, but to have the score box up there on the left-hand side of the screen and who were they, you know, their scores were competing with, the person that was currently in first place, they would talk about uh, how many tents would come off if they didn't uh, land a jump or if they two-footed a, a, a jump after, and, you know, or if they didn't get enough rotations in the air before their blade hits the ice. So I appreciate them in that form and that aspect. Um, so you have Trusova that was very upset, didn't want nobody consoling her. She was upset. She was angry. She didn't understand. And then you had the gold medalist um, that just was basically by herself because everybody was calming down Camilla and, you know, Trusova was in the corner not understanding why the judges didn't give her the high marks. Why did she end up getting silver? She wants to go home. She will never skate in this. She will never skate again. All of this happening, John, Johnny Weir's translating all of this. Um, so you have Anna Sharikova by herself, gold medalist, and her words said she was in shock. Uh, she was, you know, happy, but you couldn't tell because this girl is sitting here holding this stuffed animal, looked like a Kleenex box, by herself. The only person that acknowledged her was Kiori Sakamoto, who won the bronze medal, and Kiori Sakamoto's team was around her while she just wept and cried and was so happy for getting this medal for the team of Japan, which was completely overshadowed by all the drama that was happening between these skaters. And so you have one person that's upset that didn't win at all. You have one person that's upset that she was supposed to win. And you have one person that doesn't know how to react because she's by herself in, in, the, in the room and she won the gold medal. So it seemed like it went from like five to 10 minutes. And then finally, you know, she got acknowledged by one of the coaches of the ROC, like, oh, oh, by the way, congratulations. And it was just so sad and heartbreaking to watch the dynamics of these three ladies in a part of the ROC. And then one of the young ladies from Japan and her, you know, accomplishment being so overshadowed by all the drama that took place. So um, for them to use Camilla Valieva, and, I, and I'm sorry if I'm saying her, her name wrong, I apologize, to, to decide that point that it was going to be, it's a mental health issue and that she needed to do that for the mental health. I, I am very disappointed in the fact of the decision. I'm very disappointed in the adults that were around her that did not support. I felt like that she was basically the sacrificial lamb to, to you know, on ice skates to go out there. She did not do well and then, you know, scolded when she got off the ice. And the body language, if you watch the, the six and a half minutes to seven minutes of what happened afterwards of her coach just scolding her, of... You know, it was like half hug and then like, how dare you type of scolding and everything else. And then, you know, just the, the, the heartbreak and the drama that happened afterwards. It, it, it's a hard watch. Like it was a hard watch. Like I felt bad for her at the same token too. She shouldn't have skated because she tested positive for this banned drug, uh, that, that was in her system. So all around the failure falls on the adults that were around her and it was sad. And hopefully, uh, Trusova, who said that, you know, at the end in the press conference, she said she just missed her family and her dogs and, you know, the outbursts and everything else, who knows if that's true or not. Um, I know that it was heartbreak for her cause she felt she did enough and it was not enough for her to secure the gold medal. She still was part of the top three, but again, body language tells a story. You can see the dynamic between every single one of those, uh, ladies. And so, uh, they're now at home, and so hopefully they're surrounded by love and they're surrounded by people that appreciate them and their families. And who knows uh, if they're going to skate in the world competition, that which is next, um, next up. So you, you know who knows about that and what's going to take place. But I really hope uh, today, uh, you know, with that image still fresh in my mind, as all of us that are spectators of the sport and we watch 
these athletes give their all and everything else. And some of the athletes, you know, that have done wrong and some of the athletes that have, you know, were our favorites to go and win medals and everything else. And people, you know, have expressed their harshness and how they're, that they suck and all this other stuff. We need to take a step back and look at ourselves and, and, and see how, how, how is our fandom? How, how do we, how we need to watch how we react. You know, there are rules to this game for every athlete. Again, it doesn't matter what kind of sport that they're in, but there isn't, there's rules also for fans. We need to be class. We need to be of class. We need to watch our words. We need to watch what we say, watch what we post. Um, and that goes for me. I put myself in the same conversation because I get frustrated at a team that's not doing well or a person that I know can win this or they're not giving their potential and everything else. And the first thing we want to do is that we want to go on Twitter, we want to go on Facebook, and we want to bash this person or bash this team and everything else and just express disappointment. But we need to take a step back as well as these athletes and just reflect uh, and, and appreciate, number one, the athlete having that God-given talent to get there, to be there at that, at that position and have that opportunity to represent their team, their country, themselves. And as a fan, we need to admire them and encourage them um, to continue to do their best. And if they don't do their best, don't bash them. Don't destroy them. Don't, don't use race, racial terms and, and derogatory terms. Because, you know, you're going to tr show your true entire self. I mean, we got we to get over that, ladies and gentlemen. We have to move on past that. We have to be better than that. There's a generation that is coming up behind us that is watching everything we post, we do, we say, how we act. And we need to be the example for them. And that's, that's, what's, that's what's most important. So congratulations to every single athlete that went and competed in these Olympic Games. Uh, Norway, again, running away with a lot of medals. I think, believe they got 34 or 37, something like that. Uh, and every athlete that did not get a medal, you are forever an Olympian, and congratulations to you. And to thank you so much, everybody that took the time to listen today. Uh, I'd like to hear from you after you hear this show and just leave your comments. Heard that with Marisa.com. I am on Twitter at LovelyMarisaT. I am on Instagram at MarisaTignyPodcast, as well as TikTok, MarisaTignyPodcast. And uh, heard that with Marisa Tigney is on Facebook. So thank you so much, everybody, for taking the time to listen to me today. And as I always end the show, take care and stay safe. Be good, everyone. Be in the know of new episodes that are coming up on the podcast at heardthatwithmarisa.com. I'm also available on Instagram at Marisa Tigney Podcast on Twitter at Lovely Marisa T, as well as Facebook on a social media page, Heard That with Marisa Tigney. I appreciate your continued support.